Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I am excited, honored, privileged today to welcome a good friend and colleague to the show, Tony D'Urso. I'm so excited that you're here. Esty, thank you so much for having me on your great show, the Business Breakthrough Podcast. Sounding really good, and I am honored to be on your show. Thank you. Aw, now I'm all blushy. All right, guys, Tony D'Urso is one of the top podcasters in the country. Yeah, you heard that right. He is the number one talk show on Voice America and is on a roll for 15 million listens with over 500 interviews of some of the most successful people in their category, whom Tony calls elite entrepreneurs. His shows are syndicated on Roku, Amazon Alexa, and 14 AM FM US radio stations. He's an Amazon bestseller of elite entrepreneurs, and he helps millions of entrepreneurs learn from the success of others. He teaches the vision map, the testament to his success. Tony always says, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. I love that. I love that there's a quote in there. Such a great way to have your intro blurb. So take me back. You've been podcasting for how long? About five and a half years now, Esty. Time seems to fly. It does. Yeah. And you're at close to 15 million listens in five years. What were you doing before this? Before this, SD, I've been in corporate America for some like 32 years, and I learned promotion, marketing, lead generation, advertising, sales. I learned a little bit of everything, though I wasn't really a master at anything, but kind of like the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And in the year 2000, I started, I helped start and form a, a company where I became the VP sales and marketing. And I focused a lot on marketing and lead generation. And I really learned a lot there. Then in 2007, I had the opportunity to take, to do everything I was doing, but do it for my own company. Now, when you're working in corporate America, as everyone out there knows, if you've had a, you've had a brush with that type of a lifestyle, there's only so much you can make. Your income is kind of pegged. Yeah. If the company's public, you get stock options or what have you but you're kind of like maxed out to a point. And that's where I was. I'm, I'm making six figures, but I couldn't grow anymore at working for someone. So I jumped on the opportunity to start my own lead generation company. And you know, the sky's the limit income wise. And I really learned a lot. And I, I frankly made a lot of money for a lot of people with a lot of leads. And I learned a lot on that inside part of the world. Can but I pause the, you here? What did that please? company do? Because there's so many ways to do lead gen. What was your angle, your specialty, the tools you used? <clears throat> Things changed so much, and I'll t- and I'll answer that. But I, I will say this: so for you intrepid lead generation lead generators out there, the algorithms, the logarithms, and all that whatnot can change all the time, but. But the way, but the basics are still the basics. So it doesn't matter what Facebook or Instagram or anybody does. If you know the basics, you know the basics. This, the company that I I formed, 
was an insurance technology company where, where we were going to bring people in and give them free quotes online, which was brand new at the time. It didn't, it didn't happen in the year 2000. So we put that together and I started using every method I could find to generate leads. We didn't have Facebook and some of the social media as strong as they are now. This was very em embryonic. But I learned, you know, lead generators and how they worked and email marketing campaign. And I tried everything. And I probably, you know, I got in a lot of leads and that made about a million dollars a year in just the in just the income generated for leads. And that was what does that before... mean? Like I, I like to be very, very practical. Sure. Like what is what did your lead generator look like? Was it like a clickbait website? Like what? was it that pulled in leads with leads, email addresses, phone numbers? Like what I, I did, I did the simple thing. I found experts in the industry that had lists that had ways to promote. And the, the internet was like so brand new. It was like 99%. I'm going to make this up. 99% of the people in the world didn't have a, businesses, didn't even have a website. You know, it was just so new in the year 2000. Yeah. And so I went to experts that, that I had run into in the past and that, you know, on LinkedIn, I used LinkedIn actually quite a bit. It was, it was growing pretty well. And I just found people that knew how to market to lists. And I tried and tested so many different methods to find which ones actually work and would bring in real people. I actually found then that lead generation doesn't necessarily mean re real people. Even back then before robots, people would had the list and throw in fake names. And it was just like, why would you do that? You know, it's like, you have to get it in your head that some of these people, these companies, they're just in it for money and they're not really in it to help you grow. So you have so to go like list buying. Were you buying lists? Or no, I didn't buy lists. lists. No, I didn't buy lists, but I, I went to companies that already were doing this for others. And there were a couple of names back then that I don't know that are, are around anymore. But I went to them and it was just trial and error finding who's got good lists so that can really bring me do? people. So you would you would go to the company, they would have a big list of emails, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, something like that. And you would have them send emails for your clients? Send emails for get your free auto or home insurance quote. Okay. And to bring people to our funnel or our channel and then people would get a quote, but they would be, uh, they would be pitched. They would be pitched a couple of other agents. And that was the income source then was people would buy those leads. And that was huge. That's okay. huge. Money. I'm putting this together. So sure. let's say I've got, give me an example of a kind of company. But I, I, I want to preface one more time, Esty. Yeah. That's old. That was 20 years ago. That system can so work. different now, but, so but the let's basics say, let's are say still the me, basics. Right? I've got Go a big email list. You come to me, you say, listen, SD, I'll give you $3,000 if you send out 10 emails for me. And something like that. Something yes. like that. And uh, then I send out those 10 emails. Those 10 emails just say, hey, get your free auto insurance quote. And every time someone comes in to get their free auto insurance quote, you've now got a lead for someone who wants auto insurance. Now you go and sell those emails to auto insurance salesmen, salespeople. Correct. And I went to trade shows and I sold the service and I had hundreds and hundreds of agents. I, I had a plethora of agents. Every, 
literally, not even the generality here, everybody that was an agent that sold anything would want these kind of leads. This was very brand new back then. For sure. So I have now, now it's like, no, but when I, I always tell people whenever you see a disclaimer on a website where it says we don't spam, sell or rent your emails, because if you don't see that, then they do. <laughs> well, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think we said, hey, we're going to share this with a couple of people. So you get the best quote. Oh, that makes what's, sense. What's wrong but with that company that let you send those emails to their list? They are spamming and renting out their emails, if you will. Meaning you didn't do it, they did it. Does that make sense? Yeah. If someone spam comes to my was... website, I have a like, we don't spam sell rent. I don't remember what it says, right? Because I will never give out the emails of the people on my list. I will never send them anything that I don't personally want to send them. They're they're uh, me and them are in a conversation. They're my people. We hang out together. I would never just throw random ads at them. But there are many, many companies and many people who do and what yeah at that time there was something that was just recently implemented which is why i left well actually no it wasn't implemented there's a canned spam act this this, right. this thing on spam, spam was just growing yeah and there was concern and issues and are you spamming people are you are they right. permission that kind of that did you just buy a list out of the yellow pages or whatever or <laughs> some somebody you know, or are these people, you know, so it was always a, a work in progress to make sure I got my whole focus was get a legitimate company. I didn't want any tricks. So it was always a work in progress to find the right company that had the right list that that wasn't a trick. Got it. Very cool. So that's what you did in 2000. And then when you were ready to I did that for that about job. seven years and right. and and got a zillion leads in and sold a zillion leads to agents just like they couldn't get enough of this stuff. And then you went to do it on your own in 2000. And then I went to do it on my own in the year 2007. Yeah. And, but then I got hit with four major in industry regulations that changed and impacted the way you do things. The Can Spam Act came out. Yeah. Um, regulations came out about sharing private privacy, information about people. All these things changed, which doesn't mean you can't do business because people are doing it today, but the way you do it, how you do it, you have to retool. And my business, I mean, I had, I had, I was making, I had uh, customers, you know, doing over a million dollars a year in sales with just one customer. I mean, I had so many customers, but the, but these regulations would just bring everything down while you retool, refigure out, and then re reinvent yourself almost and, and, and go back out into the world and say, here I am, I've got leads that are now can spam act compliant or opt-in compliant or HIPAA right. compliant or whatever. And four major regulations in seven years as he kept bringing my business from way up at the top of the roller coaster down to the bottom. And I got tired of it. So guess what I did? You became a podcaster. Well, I started looking around for something that I could do and control myself that didn't matter about any regulations or anything. And I found out this podcast thing was like, hey, I'm Italian. I can do this. I can talk. I can <laughs> control it. I decide when I want to talk. I decide whatever. And I loved it. And, you know, there's been no industry regulations against it. That is pretty impressive. Podcasting really is a, a it's, it's a completely unregulated industry. There isn't anything on it. Well, what's regulated is yeah. you, there's words you cannot say. And as events happen, 
you can't say words, you know, otherwise you get watched or you get in issues really? or your, your, your YouTube takes gets taken where, out. Where do you but I'm not controversial. I don't talk about controversy. I don't talk about aliens and whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't say these. On the watch list. There we go. <laughs> I don't say those words. I, I talk, I speak with people who are very successful, such as you at the top of your game. I call you an elite entrepreneur because you're way up there. You really know your stuff. And I share that with people that are just going up. So that's not regulated right now. So thank God. I love it. So how did you use your lead gen skills to grow your podcast? How did you get it so big? What, what, oh, did, what do you feel like your secret was? Okay. As, as mentioned, the algorithms, the logarithms, I don't care what changes. It doesn't matter because I know the basics is promotion. And the one thing that was growing that I saw and I started working out way back when was social media. I started growing social media, learning what's responsive, what's not, you know, which social media is better. And there's so many. I stick with the top social media. There are, I'm just going to make up this number, 22,367 new social media platforms. <laughs> and if you join them, you're, you're so deluded. That's the whole thing. Why, why are you deluding yourself? Now I've, I've gone on Instagram. I've gone on TikTok. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. Woo. I've done all these things to, to, to learn and practice, but it's so much work to grow any one social platform by itself. It sounds easy. It sounds magical. Oh yeah. This guy went viral and he's now got 22 billion hits. It takes work and it takes a team to do that. But when you get into the basics and so what I do is I focus on the basic core social media platforms and grow them faster. I'd rather yeah, so grow my Twitter, Facebook, than, Twitter than Facebook. Oh, so yeah. So tell me, what do you tell me? I get nothing. I get nothing out of Facebook other than, Hey, I'm on Facebook. Hi, how are you? But I've never gotten a, a review or anything that I can never think of in all the years, but I, I still keep it running. So which are your, what are your basics? What are your best platforms? What do you do with them? My best platforms are Twitter, LinkedIn, and LinkedIn. Okay. I'm, and I've got over totally some 200,000 followers in those. And oh wow, I just get so much. <clears throat> you see, I could have 10 10 followers and 22,000 social media platforms. I'm joking a little bit, or yeah. I could get 200,000 followers in Twitter and LinkedIn alone, you know? And, and when I put out a post, I get a lot of response. So that's part of the thing to learn about. So don't, so all you podcasters out there, all you startups out there, watch for you're chasing that bright, shiny light because you're going to run into I get these amazing stories you read. Oh my God, this 13 year old person just went on, you know, just went on some social media platform and it's got a billion hits overnight. There's all these shiny objects, but don't go chasing them. Stick to the basics. Totally. That is the key to success. I think what interests me is that, and I'm, I'm in the middle of teaching this part of my, my marketing program right now. We're talking about social media marketing specifically. <laughs> and I was encouraging the participants, A, to choose one platform first, right? Every expert you teach and teach, every expert who teaches that you speak to says, pick one platform first, master it. Once you've mastered it, you want to move on to another one, great. And be there and be involved and do it. And, but my, my, 
program participants, my students, if you will, said to me, okay, but how do I pick? I said, pick the one that you like, as long as your audience is there. Like, don't target the 50 plus set on TikTok. That won't work. Don't target 15 year olds on LinkedIn. That won't work, right? There are basics. I made them a Gantt chart that shows like, you know, the basic demographic profiles on the different platforms. But other than that, like if you're targeting a 35 year old male or female, they're on most of the main platforms. They're, them, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on TikTok even, all right? TikTok's getting a slightly aging, it goes up to like mid thirties if you wanna do like in mass amounts, but, and there's always a trick like of everything, everything's a bell curve. Pick the one that you like. And, and some of the participants say to me like, I can't tolerate any of them, I hate them all. I said, you are not gonna be successful at organic social media marketing, period. End of story, it's not gonna work. You can't hate it and have it work for you. Absolutely true. Pick one is right. <clears throat> and uh, that's what I do is I have a couple that I grow really well and I get great response from them. And that's what it's all about. Grow those. Yeah. And I just so leave agree. everything and else. Say, everyone's got the one that they have an affinity towards, right? Like I'm big on LinkedIn. I have a solid Instagram. Uh, we recently have been playing with TikTok. It's adorable. I love it. Um, I'm not really on Facebook and I have a total of zero tweets on Twitter. I've had my Twitter open since like 2012 and I've never tweeted. I just <laughs> grabbed the handle and let it sit there. It doesn't speak to me. It doesn't speak to me. Well, let's make it really easy for the audience, shall we, Esty? Yeah. Everyone listening to this, you 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 work for yourself, you work for someone, you're in a business, you 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 need money to to buy things or to help your family or whatever to eat. This is the system we have in this world today. So you want, you want business, whether you work for someone or you work for yourself, you want business. Well, the number one place to go, to go is LinkedIn. And before you say another word about LinkedIn, you've heard it all the time. If you don't have 30,000 people, yes, I say that again, 30,000 people following you on LinkedIn, then keep going because you have, it's like LinkedIn lets you have like 30 something thousand followers. Now, if you can imagine all these businesses speaking with you that are in a sim, uh, in a similar or a um, in a similar industry or, uh, or or next to your industry, you can do a lot of business with them. I do business with with LinkedIn because of because of that. So that's it. Probably the key number one place for every single person to go and stick with that until you get your thirty thousand, and then grow into another one. And I'll, I'll tell you something else interesting because you know me, I'm a big LinkedIn person and I like to teach the ins and outs of it. 30,000 is how many connections you can have. That's you can right. have hundreds of thousands of followers, but 30,000 is how many people you can actively reach out to and connect with. And one of the beautiful things about LinkedIn is every connection is a follower, right? right? It's like Facebook, but Facebook is for friends. People who don't know you don't want to connect with you. LinkedIn is a networking event. You connect right. with anyone who you want to know, who looks interesting, who looks like someone you want to talk to or follow or, or be in touch with. So LinkedIn gives you so much power to grow your quote unquote following, very different than the other platforms. Yes. Up to 30,000, you can reach out and connect to people. Past that, they, they got to follow you. Right. right. You, you can get a million followers on LinkedIn, but, you <laughs> but you're, you're allowed, you're allowed to reach own. out and engage yeah. and bring up, bring on the first 30,000 yourself. Exactly. So keep going. And yeah. I have a, a masterclass that you can reach out to me on that teaches you exactly how to do it, but it's really, it's really simple. Like just go 
and build that following. I love LinkedIn. I agree with you completely. You want to generate business, go to a place where everyone's talking about business. And you know what, Dusty? They want to talk business with you. Yes. That's the coolest, neatest thing. They, they, they love talking business for. with you. That's what they're there for. That's what it's now for. Now there's ways to do it. And that's a whole training thing that's, that's separate. But they want to talk to you, which is so great. 100%. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?